Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, welcome. Life Let's chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know, that's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Where are you going? Trauma bonded. No more giggles. <laughs> Season two. No more giggles. The giggles are back. <laughs> Never giggle again. Oh, sorry. Here we are. <laughs> Our first full season underway. Are you excited? I'm speechless. So excited. Super excited. I'm really glad that we've already introduced ourselves to the world. I feel like. Yeah, because I'd be all nervous. Yeah, we got that out of the way. I want to firstly say just thanks to everyone for embracing us so hard. Our launch was a bit rocky, but we're in it now. It was a rough summer. So thank you to everyone for your kind words of support. T finally got COVID. How you doing, T? I'm still recovering. You sound good. But uh, yeah, I'm not as hoarse anymore. And we're very excited to begin this new season. Lucky season 13 of this is actually happening. We're going to follow the show, but also have interviews with past storytellers. For example, we heard back from the mom from uh, the episode, What If Your Son Stabbed Your Daughter? We're going to have her on the show this season. And we've heard, heard from a couple storytellers from this season that are just not only want to give their update, but talk about their experiences being on the show. So we have that in store for all of you. So keep listening. That's very exciting. Looking forward to that. Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg, and I'm here with Therese Garcia. Hello, hello. And today we're discussing, this is actually happening, episode 289, What If You Walked Into Your High School With a Shotgun? John, our storyteller, he faces horrible abuse at a young age, and it leaves him feeling empty and alone, and he makes a decision to end his life at school. His plan is thwarted, and he's convicted as a teen for attempted murder. 
After prison, he then fights for his life in a seemingly random katana attack, which who was expecting that ending, right? I mean, I was because I, I knew I knew the story, but you probably weren't, right, T? I had no idea that was going to yeah. happen. I thought it was over. Right? I mean, that could have been its own episode. Yeah. Just that. Um, and full disclosure, I'm the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening, and I have the privilege to vet stories and conduct pre-interviews before they go to WIT for the final interview, and T knows nothing about anything. She comes in fresh. And this show, Trauma Slash Bonded, is for the listeners, a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with empathy and also a wee bit of levity. what stuck out to you is the heart of John's story well I would say that he really said it best healed people heal people love that that was such a great 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 quote yeah I, I feel like with his his history his abuse you know um obviously the he had to hide it he felt like he couldn't share it and then you know brought the shotgun to school and then went to prison, it could have ended right there, right? Yeah. And that's where people are like, okay, hurt people, hurt people. So that's it. But then he just, when he came out, I mean, he was so driven and full of compassion, even after his own attack and empathy for his attacker, that really it is, you know, healed people, heal people. I just, yeah. I just loved that from him he really does get to do this like full circle of life you know in in so many aspects to be the perpetrator and then to be the victim to act out in violence and then to be acted on in violence to be just completely empty and alone to completely full of hope i mean not many people get to see both sides of life like that not that he, you know, I mean, it was, it was well-earned. <laughs> I mean, he really went, went through it. Did you have other ones? I know you'd probably do. No. Oh, no. You got, you got other ones? I mean, I guess, sort of. One is keep asking for help. Mm. And that's to everyone listening. Just keep seeking help. I mean, he, he told us so many times of how he asked for help and you know, honestly, his mother did everything right, right? She did everything that she was supposed to. It was other institutions and professionals that might have let him down a fair amount. But he kept asking for help and he continues to ask for help now. And I think, I think especially for men, it feels like an impossible chore in and of itself to ask, to show vulnerability and ask for help. I'm, and I'm saying this to myself too, like we need to be kinder to ourselves and ask for people, ask people for help when we really need it because everyone needs it. And then my other one is along the same lines as what we talked about in the episode, uh, what if it happened in broad daylight? For a healthy society, mental health services should be free. And he says that himself that he's gonna that's his life goal now is to get people 
uh, to work on mental health issues, to get it free, to get people access to it. Um, and it's the same thing. If we don't want to be subject to random attacks, random bouts of violence, uh, if we want to be able to go out into society and feel safe, then services need to be provided to people that fall through the cracks. And I don't want to get political, but medical should be free too. It's so important, mental health. It does make me think though, you know, he did go to therapy early in life. I know. I mean, this is a tough one, man, because he really did try to do everything that you're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. The abuse wasn't something that he could help. That that That's a crime that was perpetrated on him as, as a child. And he didn't know what to do with that. And he carried it around with him. And I mean, I know it seems insane that you would go to see a therapist and not tell them about the most devastating thing that happened to you. But therapy is sort of a strange situation, too. And I think it kind of takes some getting used to. I know first time I went to therapy, it was just weird just talking about yourself in this way that's intimate with a stranger yeah. and it's not, there's no reciprocity like with your friends. Like I'm going to tell you my problems and you're going to tell me your problems. And then, you know, yeah. we're going to help each other work on them or there's no back and forth. But I, I, I've heard about this. People go to the, see the therapist and they don't tell them about things that they're actually going through or things that they've been through because they want to maintain some sort of, image that they that they're okay that they've got it together when it's like dude bro you're, you're going to see a therapist like you're admitting that something is wrong talk about the thing that's that's wrong yeah but it's so hard and, I know. and really they're thinking you know the therapist kind of just gave them medication yeah and stacked it um which didn't help in any way it seems like for him at least yeah and what ended up happening, and I don't know, I think he felt that he could share more in group therapy, which was interesting when you say, you know, when you're going to like a therapist, they're not giving you any personal info, how powerful it is to like hear other people be vulnerable and yeah. it makes you feel safe to also share. Oh, truly. It's like when it's one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, I, it was a struggle for me on my third therapist. It took a really long time for me to trust her. Yeah. And it ended up working out fine, kind of. But there were moments where I'm always like, is she, wait, does she, is she judging? Or is, is that okay that I'm, why am I talking about? <laughs> I wonder if she thinks that too. Like, you know, just like, yeah. It'd be nice to get a little back and forth. Yeah. Um, but the group therapy, it seems like, really worked for him, especially when someone else shared it. Right. And in a prison setting, so it's all men, and it's all probably, like, tough guys or perceivably tough guys, masculine men, to have that guy sort of pave the way for him to, to be a big, burly criminal man and, and say out loud that he was abused, you know, just that one act of courage allowed John to also have that courage. I mean, honestly, it feels like prison really is the thing that saved 
his life mm-hmm. isn't it nothing else was working prison was the thing that actually saved him yeah. it's so rare that we hear prison characterized as such but well especially after yeah like being able to share that which is a pivotal part it's a huge part yeah just this is kind of a sidebar that i wondered about this like so john obviously was not anonymous and everyone knows who he is you know you can look up his case easily he he named his child abuser oh and i'm just curious as to i wonder if this is an outing of sorts because it was never he never talked about whether it was ever you know if he ever confronted him about it if he ever told anyone else in his family after he was able to admit it out loud mm-hmm. you know I, I just wonder if brother old <laughs> child abuser brother matt is out there going wait wait what did what what did he just say you're right yeah you never really hear that at least in this show usually they haven't outed their abusers as much yeah he fully said his name i think it I'm not encouraging anyone to look into it or look him up, but it just occurred to me that he might have done that. You're right. And and as is his full right to do so. Yeah. I wonder. You know, we don't hear a lot about his abuser or his attacker later in life. Yeah. At least in his story. I did watch a fair amount of his TikToks before I did the pre-interview with him. He talks a lot about... um, the attack and his recovery and what he's gone through. Um, I don't really, I don't remember if he mentioned what happened to the attacker, but I want to say that he was caught or something. Okay. I don't know. I know that's not very helpful information. Yeah. So, you know, his mom is doing everything right. The school fails him. The Cyprexa seems to have failed him. And this therapist has the gall to say to her you have your son back oh god what kind of bravado is that i guess he's just believing what what john is telling him okay i'm not a therapist and i'd be curious to hear from other therapists but if you're treating someone don't you kind of like get a sixth sense that maybe they're holding something back or not telling you something is that unfair for me to make that requirement of therapists. Or, I mean, I don't know that, is is that standard practice for a therapist to be like, you're healed. Here's I your son, you got your son back. I did it, yeah, hey, well, I did it. Here's the bill. Even when I thought I was healed in therapy, she was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm being like, I think I'm, no, yeah. Like, good feeling pretty good about it (laughs) no you know (laughs) and I feel like isn't that strange and what about like that's a lot of responsibility like hey you know he's thinking about going hunting yeah 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 and then being like I approve yeah yeah you're right It's it's even worse than here's your son I fixed him you can have your son back oh yeah also, definitely get him a gun. Hand him a gun now. Definitely. I'm a good therapist and I like hunting. Yeah. Uh, hunting's no big. I'm a great therapist. I like hunting. I fix your son. He should hunt too. 
Maybe we should take this out of the office, go together hunting. <laughs> um, again, mom was right. She double checked with a therapist, has a concern about having firearms in the house. Is it okay? She asks uh, local law enforcement, is it okay? You know, she's doing everything that she should be mm-hmm. doing. Everything. I feel like criticisms that have been levied at prior school shooting moms. Right. You know, she's not, they got nothing on her. She's, she's doing everything that, that she should. I mean, the only thing was the key. The key. No point in locking up a gun if people yeah. know where the key is. Yeah. But I'm sure that there, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of transparency in their house, mm-hmm. constantly checking in. Trust. And, yeah. and, and he would, trust was a big thing for him too. And he, he did say that it, it made, it made him feel angry when he felt like people didn't trust him. So mm-hmm. she was probably really trying to walk that line of letting him know that she trusted him, but still keeping a semblance of safety by at least make making an extra step okay he might know where the key is but if he has to go get the key and unlock the the box at least it's an extra step that you know he has to think this through if he really wants to get this gun what can you do you know yeah it feels like an impossible challenge well and she's fighting all the way uphill because she doesn't even know what the underlying issue is yeah yeah you know it's another one of those like if if he just would have told somebody, everything could have been different. But there's also that fear. I mean, a lot of times kids tell parents or an authority figure and they're told they're lying or, you know, they're just re-traumatized again by nothing happening. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there, there was that fear there as well. Even just saying it probably makes it feel more real. Oh, yeah. How do you even say that? Yeah. How do you even say those words, especially after holding it in for so many years? Yeah. Do you want to talk about the incident at the school itself? Probably should. Yeah. The way he talks about it, it's like watching it on a movie or something. Yeah, it's so detached. Yeah. And it's interesting what he says about it. That he's not like the other school shooters, right? Because he wasn't actually there to kill, but to be remembered. Just to be remembered. Yeah, he wanted everyone to see his pain and his death. And then he gets to live on in their continual suffering. I mean, it's disturbed, Mm -hmm. but it's actually like sort of poetic or sort of not beautiful. I'm not trying to glorify it or anything. But he, he, he put thought behind it. It wasn't just like, yeah. uh, uh, I'm going to grab a gun and shoot some people up. Uh, I was just going to say, like, the way that he was explaining how he was thinking about it was, like, really logical. Like, I don't – he wants to do it. He wants to end his life. But he doesn't want his mom to find him. Yeah. So got to do it outside the house. Outside the house, I still don't want to do it myself. Have someone else do it for me. Yeah. You know? And it was like the steps of thinking that he went through. And he didn't actually want to harm anyone. He wanted also just to get himself killed. But he did want to be remembered that way. Yeah. 
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. To be the cause, so you're marching through the hallway of a school and let's face it, anyone that goes to school or has gone to school in the last 20 years, that's a fear in the back of your mind always, you know, that something like that is going to happen and, or to send your kids to school and have that fear and probably in the forefront of your mind, I could imagine, um, to be that person holding a gun, walking in the hallways of your school to be the cause of like absolute panic and terror and fear to see people hiding from you as mm-hmm. you approach and running away from you uh, for a person that's felt so empty or aimless or numb or sad. What an incredible feeling of power. I'm not saying it's a good one, but it had, it had to feel powerful to know that you had that kind of effect on mm-hmm. people, but then it, but, but then but then his empathy kicked in. And even though he saw that he was the cause of that, he he didn't want to be the cause of it. Yeah. Right? He, he talks about when he's looking in that room and he saw their terror. And I think a madman or a psycho would lean into that, like would get off right. on that, would would it would just charge him up even more and make mm-hmm. him more resolute in, in their act. But to him, it softened him. And it's like that, that goodness that he was raised with from his mom and his mom's side of the family, that love, that kindness, concern, passion, all of that, like gave him the, the empathy that he needed to be able to stop himself. I mean, obviously the principal stopped him, but I would wager to say that he was going to turn away from that room yeah, and maybe leave. I think their reactions also, maybe it felt a little bit like, oh, wait, this wasn't the point of what I want. Like everyone fears me. And it's like, no, I, you know, I'm having pain. Yeah. Yeah. Don't see me as the monster. See how I'm in pain. But that's not the that's not what we see when we see a person with a gun. No, definitely not. Should we talk about gun control? Okay. So I think this happened in the state of New York. I don't know what gun control laws are there or what they were then. But 
I mean, let's let's be frank. Would any new measure of gun control ha- affected this case at all, outside of just flat ban on all weapons? I don't think so. Didn't did she go with him to buy one? Yeah. I mean, I think they bought it legally at that time. Yeah. She checked with his therapist. Yeah. She checked with law enforcement. She kept it. She bought it legally. If there was a waiting period, I'm sure they did their waiting period. They, She had it locked up. I mean, outside of out and out ban on guns, I don't know if any, any kind of gun control measure that we don't have yeah. would have stopped Even this. Even a background check, you know. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't think gun control is part of the story necessarily, but I think anytime a guns are involved it's it's something to talk about um, ways to prevent it you know just thinking of ways to prevent it could it have been through therapy could it have been through gun control could it have been through whatever what are the ways that could have helped the situation yeah. i mean obviously ironically the principal grabbing him is what caused the shooting mm-hmm. so we never we don't really know if he would have shot himself or anyone else on his own i mean it seems as when he's describing how everything was going down that he really didn't intend to do that yeah especially at that moment he didn't even know that he shot the teacher to me it's in like thinking about it in, in terms of gun control to me this is one of those situations where the issue isn't gun control or access to guns or having a lot of guns or your the waiting period behind guns, da, 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 all the gun stuff. To me, this is an issue of you have the freedom to use the gun, but do you have the wherewithal, the reason, the empathy, the kindness the the ability to understand what makes a civil society do you have all of these Mm. concepts down so that when you do or you are holding a gun that you're using it responsibly and you're not taking any of these any freedom away from anybody else and i think that's what saved him in the end how do you test for that though i don't know how to (laughs) I feel like it'd be exactly. easy to lie on that test. <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I was like flabbergasted that a 16-year-old could be legally allowed to talk to police without oh. a parent or a lawyer present. What the fuck? I know. And they, you know, they didn't pursue anything legally to say that it wasn't a valid statement. He just did his whole time. Well, and even after the lawyer called or they were called and told that there was a lawyer, he still signed this confession after the fact. I feel like if it had gone to court, these are probably the the tenants mm-hmm. the, the defense attorney would have gone after yeah. to get thrown out you know and and he's being tried as an adult which i think most people have a problem with and i think a lot of states have turned away from that practice since then 
but you know he's got to deal with these trumped up charges but he felt so guilty and he felt like he deserved any hellfire that was going to be rained down on him that he didn't have to go through a trial but i i think there would have been plenty that probably reduced at least reduced the charges and possibly got him a reduced sentence or maybe even just probation you know i mean he spent 17 years in prison for accidentally shooting someone in the leg really that's a biggie though you know no i know i'd be curious to know well i should have looked that up i would be curious to know what that statement read I mean, I'm sure it had a lot of propaganda in it, probably explaining what his intentions were. I mean, if anything, that would have to be what the cop added, right? That John said he didn't say. Oh, yeah. I wonder, like. I bet it specifically said that it, he went there to kill yeah, people. Yeah, his intention. And that's not true at all. It's really, like. The more I think about it, like this kid, he's paid for any sin he's ever committed a hundred times over compared to the rest of us. I mean, to get 17 years for that and then to endure this katana attack. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think that sentence was fair? I don't know. I feel like there needs to be rules when you're questioning after a crime there probably are rules and did they just break them or were they not? I'm, I'm sure there, I'm sure you cannot question a minor without a parent present. I'm sure that's a, entirely a thing, but I also know that police are allowed to lie as much as they want. It's part of an interrogation technique. Yeah. 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 Can you imagine spending 17 years in prison and you exit and you, are so excited about being in the world and then there's fucking COVID. Oh God, yeah. The world's already changed so much, I'm sure. And then it's COVID and then you get COVID. And then you get COVID, yeah. Like, what's this? What is it? Oh, I have it. Yeah. That super sucks. But it it's nice that the um, world that he joined in, it sounds like the community really supported him. Totally. And they really could have turned on him, too. Yeah. So we should talk about the attack. Dude, that... Can you imagine being chopped at by a sword? Oh, my God. His He says his legs are falling off. Hands are falling off. And he knows that if he takes down his hands, that he is going to be killed. He's going for his head. What are, what are all these people in the, in the shelter doing? Just watching in fear? and worry could no one tackle this guy he gets slashed like 34 times he 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 leaves and comes back well i mean if someone's flailing around a katana yeah i guess you're not trying to get near a flailing katana i mean you can try but then you're getting slashed too they seem pretty sharp and he really believed he was gonna die and he said it's gonna be okay you know, it really is, again, this full circle of being violence to being inflicted by violence. Mm-hmm. 
and he talks about how all the eyes are upon him but now it's because he's a victim but to offer that it's going to be okay you know he truly is a peace seeker by that point let me ask you this i keep trying to be controversial and i don't know if i'm pulling it off you are Um, but we keep cutting it you keep (laughs) so i'm not sure i'm capturing (laughs) um would you be so bold as to say this katana attack was his karma Mm. that's controversial for sure it it definitely floated in my mind i think he's subtly making that point Mm -hmm. as well I think this kid paid for whatever crime he committed oh, over and over sure. and over again. I don't think that the, uh, any just universe would give this to him because he deserved it. No way he deserved anything like that. I think it was just another one of those random sorts of things that happen. And he just happened to be the one that got the ire. And again, it has nothing to do with him. It's because in order to live in a society where we're not randomly attacked by by katanas and knives there needs to be mental health services available to people that need it it's called living in a society Mm -hmm. taking care of everyone in that society yes well um oh another thing that i thought though was what if he was somehow associated with what had happened you know 17 years ago but I, I don't know any, was there a connection? I'm, I'm assuming not because that was never mentioned. Oh, like his kid went to the school I, or something like that? Some connection, yeah. I just thought about that. I think it was just a, a completely random unhomed person having just a break, just some sort of episode he just really centered in on him like focused in on him yeah when it seems to me that john was like being kind really yeah so you're you do think it is karma i don't think it's karma or or you think it's god or the devil (laughs) no i think it is a it wasn't a random act it was but i did just wonder if he knew him or if he was associated with that. Yeah, I'm assuming no. I think it would have been part of the yeah. story, included as part of the story. Would love to get an update on him as well. Yeah. See how for sure. he's doing. I think he has a substantial TikTok presence. I got to check that out. And hopefully he's making some money from that, but I don't really know. But I feel like. In fact, this is a bit of behind the scenes info. If I recall correctly, John did not approach us with this story. I think we sought him out. I think one of our story researchers, Gabby, what's up, Gabby, um, found him on TikTok. Oh, well, it was a very powerful story. Okay, it's time for listener comments. T, what are they saying over on Facebook? 
Someone just posted that quote, healed people, heal people. Great to see a lot of folks were saying it was their favorite episode ever, ever. Ever, ever. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the ones I liked on, on Instagram. Okay. I love this one. This was from three just up underscore boys. This podcast has changed my life for the better. My empathy has expanded tenfold since listening and I'm a better person for it. Thank you. That's really great. How lovely is that? They're, they're not talking about our podcast. That, that's about this is actually happening. I, I knew that. Oh, this is another good one. Dimitri017 says, this latest episode sounds different to me. He sounds like he's reading his own narrative from a script that he wrote instead of responding to a hidden interviewer. Oh. And then... Someone said that too. Oh, for real on Facebook? I wasn't going to read that one, but someone, Destiny, said when I was about halfway through the story, I felt like it was really rehearsed. Well, uh, to y'all who are wondering, it absolutely was not read. It was not rehearsed. That was taken from the actual interview with Wit. He probably might, he might, John might sound rehearsed because he's told the story so many times is my thinking mm-hmm. on it. But I guarantee you that it was not something read and written out or written out and read. I promise you that. I'm going to read one more from Instagram from Nosy B Show. Nosy.bshow. This is an incredible episode. The amount of introspection this man has done to reach this level of emotional maturity, holding himself accountable without making excuses, and then going forward with such positivity is inspiring. It was also beautiful to listen to how in jail and once out, he felt like there were people looking out for him. Beautiful. Any controversy over there on uh, Facebook? And someone said, oh, someone said, can someone tell me what happened to him after the attack? I had to turn off the episode in the last 15 minutes. His descriptions of injuries were too graphic for me to listen to. Yeah, they were they pretty were graphic. Just like chop and like. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Mean. Who asked that question? Oh, sorry. Emily. Emily. Emily J. Well, he he didn't make it. <laughs> Just kidding. Of course he okay. made it. You told the story. We've been talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Slash Bonded. You can find our show where podcasts are kept. And if you like us, please rate and review us on Apple or other places. Please compete with our favorite negative review. Oof. Rival that review. Write something beautiful and lovely if you like us. Um, thanks to John for sharing their story and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. And thanks to the This Is Actually Happening team, including Whit Misseldine and the maker of our music and website, Nathaniel Tromboli. And thank you to Kathy Seitz for editing this episode. You can contact us at traumabondedpod at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at traumabondedpodofficial or visit our website at traumabondedpod.com. I haven't been to in a while and I have no idea what's going on there. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners and to each other. Thanks for spending time with us today. Love you T.
Love you, Allie. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.